Ideas are everywhere. Welcome to Lessons Learned in Marketing, the Phoenix Group Podcast. I'm your host, David Bellarive. Today, I'm talking to John Lamella, and John is the Chief Marketing Officer, Senior VP of Marketing Strategy and Communications with Destination Canada. We're going to learn all about how Canada is being promoted and how Destination Canada, the tools and tactics they're using to promote Canada around the world. Enjoy the conversation. John, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Great to be here. Could we start and maybe you tell me uh, or tell us uh, who you are and what you do? Sure. I'm John Mamella. I'm the Chief Marketing Officer and SVP Marketing Strategy Communications for Destination Canada. Long title, but simply just responsible for putting on the Team Canada jersey every day with a great team based in Vancouver and 11 markets around the world where essentially we are the federal agency responsible for promoting Canada as a destination for both leisure and business travel. So what does um, what does that entail, promoting Canada? Sure. Well, two, fun- two fun- multiple functions of the business, but primarily, uh, as mentioned, we have a responsibility to essentially grow and uh, create a pro- you know a, a promising or profitable tourism industry, one that uh, from coast to coast to coast uh, benefits from international visitation and, and economic development or economic uh, growth. Uh, as tourism is a you know viewed as an export economy or as technically an export economy, we don't export anything. We import visitors to essentially spend uh, their money uh, within and around our cities and provinces. And so, as the national tourism body, we are essentially responsible in working with provinces and territories, cities, destination attractions, transportation, airlines, in a collaborative manner with which essentially we are competing for the global share of international travel. Uh, it's inclusive of marketing, sales. Uh, area that we uh, oversee as well as business events uh, in addition to the leisure side so for conferences and meetings uh, a lot, you know significant portion of the internal international visitation is also for leisure travelers uh, as well so long guess long answer to your question but it is uh, essentially acting as a uh, as an agency <clears throat> that we are uh, we don't own anything uh, but we own the uh, desire uh, I guess that we own the responsibility in terms of uh, promoting the destination uh, through various channels which I'm sure we'll jump into to uh, ultimately create a demand, uh, interest in to come to the country, and ultimately, hopefully, referral for future future visitation. So it's strictly international. International. We uh, we've done the on initiative domestically, but uh, our our focus is is purely international. We on an annual basis every year and long in a long run view, we take a look at where we see the highest potential uh, for visitation to happen for the country. Uh, naturally, sitting on the border of the United States, our largest source market is is one of those markets. And in addition to that, we are active in uh, ten other. Yes, 10 other uh, international long-haul markets. Uh, and so annually, as I mentioned, we go through a process of evaluating potential demand and economic factors, tra- historical travel patterns, future travel uh, patterns. And, and you're very research-driven when you're very much, looking very at those evidence, markets. Evidence-based yeah. driven for sure. This is a uh, very macroeconomic coupled with on-the-ground intelligence view around where we go uh, alongside with a lot of proprietary research that we run uh, to really assess where we think we've got the best shot at, again, back to a driving share for the country. And I suspect you have billions of dollars to spend trying to attract these people. Uh, yes, here. I, 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 uh, do you, 
happens to you were, wish you worked for the uh, federal government. Uh, uh, a very big supporter of ours is the federal agency yeah. that we are. No, we're we're not on the billion dollar scale. It's yeah, billion dollar industry. Uh, but we work very hard with the with the dollars we do have. Uh, it is a model with which we we work with a uh, infusement of uh, uh, money uh, annually from the federal government of Canada. But important for us as well is the what we look to and and uh, seek to do is to drive value for our partners across the country mm-hmm. to see an opportunity to co-invest with us to, in essence, put $2 together to make it better than independently going off and doing our own things. And so collectively, it's, it's around a $200 million oh, uh, okay. marketing marketing, which, which might sound budget. like a lot, but then you say something like, yeah. um, oh, we, you know, we want to attract um, international destinations well, like the United States, which is, you know... <laughs> Probably you could spend all that right oh, there. You could easily spend it all there and spend it in a quarter, depending yeah. on what you wanted to do. And so uh, we're very, very, uh, uh, even within a market, we're very focused in on where we see uh, the highest potential. And so our research and the analytics we run, both from a media, again, consumer behavioral standpoint, economic drivers, even the United States is a market, uh, many markets. And for us, it's uh, about 11 primary city markets that we focus our investment with our partners. Part of what we do is, and through the collaboration and discussion with our partners, is sort of breaking up the markets, and particularly the United States, uh, as one where we'll be in more longer mid-haul to longer flight cities, base cities, so taking a direct flight into Canada. Whereas many of the provinces and territories and cities would, would focus or have historically focused a lot of border border traffic opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we really take the, the message about Canada and the uh, stories about Canada to an audience a little bit further away. And that way, focusing in on those 11 to 13 DMAs with our activity uh, and specific with the abilities within the digital space, being able to target specific audiences, make it a little more uh, feasible for us. Is it even possible for you to kind of uh, summarize what uh, what what is the audience for Canada? What like who who wants to come to Canada? It varies by market. We've we've been uh, very benef- to the benefit of having our research uh, to have the insight to really take a look at what we see in terms of who's most attracted uh, to the country. <clears throat> and this is what we're finding in a research we did last year. Uh, taking a look at uh, 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 market by market, an assessment of where travelers are in their level of interest in close proximity to essentially ring the cash register for Canada, mm-hmm. uh, allowed us to see that we have a predominant uh, skew in two audiences across the globe in each of our markets, when I say across the globe. Uh, one is about the 25 to 34, 39-year-old uh, uh, millennial traveler, uh, if we so want to call so it just getting started, and, just getting yep. started, have the ability and freedom, maybe not burdened by the uh, uh, by the rest of life's financial burdens uh, through, through home ownership, family, yeah. and the like. Uh, if you consider those burdens, but uh, the the other demands of of, uh, of their of their uh, uh, money, and so that that is a that is a market that has uh, arguably you know birthright of travel is is sort of embedded inside the mindset globally, and mm-hmm. the opportunity and the uh, ability to be mobile. Um, Maybe from a career standpoint, uh, but also just a passion. So we have that as a primary significant audience. And then later on in life. And so we have this period within between the late 30s to mid 50s sort of a lull when people are more in the family, family zone. Not that we don't it's attract families. It's difficult and particularly yeah. long haul. Yeah. And the, and the expense you're, you're um, putting when, when you've got a lot of other demands on the, on the family household budget. That then uh, fifty five plus is a, another audience that we pick up and uh, and, and really get uh, uh, as a secondary audience, uh, but the primary one is that uh, millennial audience, and, and that bodes well for us. It gives us an opportunity to have them come in at a younger age, uh, experience the country, have the opportunity to see how 
vast we are and how diverse mm-hmm. we are from coast to coast to coast that it gives us the, us the opportunity and our partners to, as a repeat basis, to see them in the future. And what have you learned about um, their views of, or what what do they love about Canada, particularly maybe Saskatchewan or the prairies? Yeah, I would say the, uh, and also consistently across the board, what we see about uh, our, you know, the audiences whom we attract and appeal to is, uh, is an insatiable desire to be taking travel as an opportunity to learn, to grow, to connect uh, is, you know, often, maybe often overused term, but connect with the locals, feel part of the, feel part of the environment mm-hmm. uh, and the place you go to, not just as an outsider and a bystander mm-hmm. or a observer through, a, through a, you know, through your camera only, albeit social media and the capturing of one's travel is, is, is uh, critical uh, mm-hmm. to, to, or often seen as a, a means everyone's doing and, and critical for us to capitalize on. Uh, so, you know, the sensational desire to learn, uh, to explore, uh, I think the, the sense of view of uh, safety is important in today's world uh, that Canada has certainly benefited from. We can appreciate that can change quickly, but uh, it's been a historical uh, sort of trademark of Canada. Uh, you know, we're finding that people are pleasantly surprised, even here, you know, as we see in Saskatoon and Regina and other parts of the province, that uh, uh, expectations are often uh, Maybe people coming in don't have a fulsome appreciation of all that they can expect, but often blown away by the hospitality of the people, yeah. uh, the sense of energy to the to the environment and the place, the multi diversity of uh, uh, the, uh, the cultures that uh, work together uh, as sort of this experiment that's gone well has, has often been quoted uh, in terms of that. And so um, uh, I think people are often pleasantly also surprised by the vastness uh, of what the country has and the space and the distance between places uh, is, is often a, a learning lesson per se but oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know clearly uh, and which we which we have and we've got the interconnectivity with some great airline partners and, and rail, rail partners in the country. We just had a, a friend from Denmark come and he went yeah. came here and then he went to up to BC and he drove up to or took a bus up to Williams Lake and he was mm. just continually sending videos back home saying Canada is so big. Yes absolutely. <laughs> uh, big open vast uh, you know on spoiled uh you can appreciate and we we don't we take it as for granted mm-hmm. in terms of uh the development that has occurred in many other markets given population and history uh population density and history that uh, the, this idea of, of open space uh, blows blows people away and is often sought just that 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 sense of uh, not remoteness that you're you're completely isolated for for weeks or days on end but and that can happen in canada if you so you desire to seek that type of travel but mm-hmm. the uh uh, just that break from that hectic pace and crowdedness and, uh, you know, the, the environment, the cleanliness uh, and, and of the place is often. So uh, it's, it's a variety of factors. And we do a lot of research on driver, what we do in terms of driver analysis to really take a look at what's motivating people to pack their bags and what's really getting them to choose or index a choice towards Canada or not. And so that's a pretty sophisticated analysis we do market by market that in turn drives how we present the country knowing what's our advantage. Oh, okay. Yeah. And um, let's get to marketing because you're trying to attract uh, that millennial group that seems every client and every brand is really eager to to. Uh, to grab onto yeah. what what has changed? I remember years ago we used to spend thousands of dollars on a, one image that was spectacular, and yes, uh, and uh, that's uh, gone away. Nobody, I guess, research showed that just people didn't want us needed to see themselves in the picture. Sure. And now that's evolved even further now. Yeah. And for us really coming into appreciating and understanding the behavior of, of where and how consumption of media and content is occurring is core to us. We, we are not a traditional above the line 
paid media marketer, uh, and we've been enabling a, a shift, and it's happened over the last three to four years, not uncommon to many organizations, particularly in tourism and outside of tourism, that uh, with the availability and the insights you can garner from observing from data to allow us to really pinpoint and target audiences. Uh, but we do that with, a, with belief that we can't own the conversation alone in essence that people have or are seeking us out mm-hmm. as a destination and our content. Um, and we've done a lot of the work that we've done to successfully find the audiences is being the locations with which they're already consuming and engaging with content and find a way to get into the conversation and present great content that also uh, elicits the, an, an action we want to take, that we want them to take. So this is about really working with a lot of publishers media media entities that uh, already engage with this audience uh, and finding and weaving in the travel story inside of content they work with and that that ranges that ranges in breadth and depth of everything from what we do with Condé Nast in the United States to a uh, significant initiative we did in Korea last year in a multi-format long-format content series that was produced by a major studio in Korea where we interwove where in the story was an interwoven uh, perspective on Canada and specifically Quebec where where embedded in the story was critical to the outcome of the whole story and the story arc was Quebec. So this was uh, a program that actually was running in Korea and then part of the story arc came to Canada? Yeah, it was was a pretty fascinating one, uh, one that's proven to be extremely, uh, proved to be successful. Korea's most popular TV series ever produced uh, in the country and and with export of Korean dramas across the Asia, Asia Pacific region and even many of our uh, Korean diaspora in the office and elsewhere said they had watched this online and the like. And so this was a uh, a unique story that um, was, I think, 16 TV episodes that uh, had a unique uh, combination and blend of uh, archetypes and story themes between uh, good versus evil, uh, you know, a love story, very comedic and humoristic uh, perspective uh, of, uh, uh, of an individual who could jump through time and find themselves in Korea in one episode, then they were in Quebec and then back into Korea and then elsewhere. Okay. And so um, uh, you, you listen to this at first when they're pitching you this and going, okay, you got to trust this might work. And so uh, is it worth the investment for us to really uh, yeah. put it? So you've got to have the right combination with great actors, great story, great production. So how does that work partners. for... Um because I imagine it's similar. This is just on a huge, much larger scale than something you'd do yeah. with a travel writer or something like that. And yeah, it is. You know, for us, it's, it's beyond it just beyond the story alone, though. It, it, that's one, and that would consider to be the hero content for us. Would be what, what is the, uh, in essence, garnering and driving the biggest. Uh, uh, sense of capture of the eyeballs, but for us, it's it's much deeper than that. It's all woven in from that series. For example, in Korea, was a means for us to capitalize and earn media capacity to talk about the destination in conjunction with this series. Once it once it went public uh, out on the broadcast side, it uh, enabled us to reposition provinces, uh, in particular Quebec, in in, the, in this case, and in, in eastern uh, side of the country, inside of our work that we do with the travel. Uh, uh, operators and tour operators to showcase new product. We uh, we certainly took advantage in our own social channels to talk about the country and, mm-hmm. and the destination in new ways that also reflected with permissible rights from from the studio in terms of uh, talking about the series. And so it wasn't just simply a one shot. Okay, we're done. Hopefully, uh, people love that. And uh, and like we really garnered from the social conversation, from search interest to. Uh, uh, ability to when people now walked in the door of a travel tour operator asking what, what's Quebec all about I saw this on television we had trained uh, partners who were able to sell and effectively show somebody what uh, what going to Quebec, Quebec was all about mm-hmm. and, and almost instantaneously overnight uh, and what we re- recognized in the side of why that was working in Korea was travelers also as we've seen in other instances 
people will want to go to where things are filmed. Everything, uh, you know, Game of Thrones yeah, to yeah. Uh, Lord of the Rings and the like. And, and this was also a uh, behavioral uh, uh, sort of uh, a behavior that we saw in Korea that they'd, they'd gone to other destinations to see where some of the best best films, mm-hmm. Korean films. It, it's a market, a, a, a pop culture market like anything else maybe in the world. And so they're, they're interested to go see where these things were filmed. It was almost instantaneously people showing up at locations in and around Quebec City to, to <laughs> yeah. be uh, filmed and shot in their own social media channels. So uh, it, pretty progr- and it still continued. Great content and great marketing. Today's world has a shelf life yeah. much longer than one might anticipate. So we, uh, we've continued but to But it would be important, I think, almost like a sponsorship activation that you have this uh, great gift of this show coming to the country and then yes. you need to follow that up or, yeah, absolutely. or I guess boost it in any way yeah, you can. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, being at the table right at the get-go with the studio um, and showcasing to them that Canada was the destination that mm-hmm. made best in the story um, because of the fact this storyline was time jumping um, or jumping through time. Uh, sorry, uh, Quebec in the old town of Quebec made made their story work so well mm-hmm. in terms of because it could be shown in a modern day capacity and then also uh, oh, four hundred years ago oh, in yeah, historic capacity. For sure. And you didn't have to go to a set and uh, create create this environment; it was waiting for them. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was uh, it was a fantastic backdrop, and and the city of Quebec and the production crews in Quebec City were were just outstanding. So and we we brought that to bear with partners like with Fairmont and Air Canada and others. Uh, it, it's just not on our own. It's it's a collaborative effort with the with the city, the province and uh, other partners. So that's a really big example yes. of, of how that works. How is, uh, what other sort of um, ways, or I guess, are you, are you marketing now as opposed to the olden days? Well, it's, you know, I think another big shift that we've taken, I'll give you another example. In Germany, uh, it was one of our first forays about three years ago that we uh, shifted the responsibility to tell the story from us telling the story to Germans telling the story about travel to Canada. Now, you could do that in a media capacity and, and, right. and, and an editorial capacity, but this was our this was our first four way significant influence or a significant investment into influencers uh, in the social space, both on Instagram uh, as well as uh, 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 gosh, I'm going uh, YouTube. Sorry, oh, okay, yeah, and um, uh, really with a brief essentially into those individuals uh, alongside and collaborating with our partners was at a much lower cost scale, but uh, really giving the influencers the brief to say we're taking you know we're t- sending you and directing you on this type of itinerary but it'll be up to you to craft the story and what your impression is and, mm-hmm. and views and capturing an organic way and and also relevant to their respective channels and the brand that they've created themselves as an individual media enterprise uh, was a shift that we started three years ago and uh, you know certainly with the opportunity of seeing what was being produced and permitted before it went out as we wanted to make sure it was was certainly so you safe, get that still you have that editorial with editorial um, rights at the end to yeah. say yes um, and seeing what was what was captured uh, just to ensure uh, we all felt very comfortable with it it was outstanding uh, probably captured in ways that we wouldn't have thought of not knowing an audience and their audience in Germany would want to see a destination okay, coupled yeah. with an on-air personality speaking in language doing the things that they felt their audience would be most interested so what we set an itinerary out or essentially a, a trip plan we didn't tell them what to do specifically in each location. We gave them direction of, of, of hints and with our partners yeah. locally or across the country, including here in Saskatchewan, where you would go and what you would do. But please make it your own. And um, uh, it was absolutely incredible. And essentially what you know, we, we took a look at that uh, as, a, as a result we wanted to achieve in, in portraying and positioning, again, to that unique audience. Or that first for us was more of a unique younger audience at the time three years ago when we started focusing on the millennial travel audience. Uh, that millennial uh, traveler, the um, 
shift that we had as measured by Google uh, and the result of this was absolutely incredible. So Google had, we had asked Google uh, to do an analysis to say, given the search intent for Canada now versus where it was before, how much would you have had to spend to actually reach that level of search intent? So they, they've done a fair number of studies. If you want to get that many people mm-hmm. engaged with your destination or your product, here's what we, are, we model out that you would have to actually spend. And then uh, the result of that initiative by... A, it was sort of a first of its time in Germany. We sort of sort of look it back. Everyone's doing this now. Is this isn't that new? But at the time, three and a half, four, almost three and a half, four years ago, it was new at the time in that market. Yeah. Uh, to essentially put fifteen to eighteen influencers across the country, collaborate with them, but then let them put the content out on their respective channels, connect that content and, and uh, intentions over to travel operators, to book, uh, to airlines and tour operators. Google had said we would have had to spend. I think. Gosh, what did they say? And we were really only going after one segment of the population uh, when we found that people of all ages were great content has an appeal to everybody. If you're yeah. an inspired traveler and, and can be inspired by content for, as a traveler, we found consumption of content well beyond who their target audiences might say that they sort of capped out at 45, like 65-year-olds were mm-hmm. in the German population. Our Germans definitely from an outbound travel audience that take a lot of vacation, which is great, and uh, uh, really took to the content. But Google, I think, said we would have to, I may not have the exact quotes a while back, but like six times what we have actually put into that. Yeah. Like we did a traditional paid media yeah. approach. So... And people, um, I, you know, you think influencers, and I think a lot of people would think, well, maybe, uh, you know, the Kardashians or something like that, where you're, yeah. you're paying a lot, or where um, tourism is another one where a lot of influencers are, are being used. Yes. We use Tourism Saskatchewan uses them. Uh, but we found you work, they work in other markets as well for like an RV dealer we have yep. or an ag insurance dealer we have. Mm. Why, why do you think that works so well for people? Well, I, I guess there's, there's always the caution in using them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are very, uh, and very uh, as, as probably I'm sure here yourself uh, with the agency and selecting who you're looking at in terms of just ensuring they're, you know, they, they're on brand and historically the, what content they've been producing. You've heard stories recent, you know, of recent instances with which what might have been viewed by that influencer as something of being entertaining or maybe a shock value or something, you know, ultimately <laughs> comes back to haunt them and haunt those who are connected to them. Uh, ultimately, in terms of a negative perception and, mm-hmm. and how quickly that can spread, uh, you know, clearly it's it's shown that people's individual passions and interests as uh, uh, disseminated as much as they are in terms of what, where they lie and who has a, a maybe an authority and a voice on, uh, or just a, a personality that you enjoy and. Uh, and follow um, rather than being overly produced, maybe yeah. from, a, from a significant larger media brand, uh, it creates a one, one personal one-to-one connection. And and I think you know you're seeing today the the plethora of options that people have to absorb and where they want to get content from and from whom uh, might be more trusted, might be more entertaining uh, than than maybe some other options uh, available in the, in the uh, to them in the media world. Uh, you know, the produ- production of the content is short, quick, every day on the hour sometimes you know it depends on how they produce the produce and so uh, I think people just in essence almost feel a kindred sort of connection as a friend of someone who might trust uh, who is not you know respectively how they present a destination or a product should be truly reflective of the fact that I'm there's quite a bit of controversy at the beginning of this sort of burgeoning space that people didn't know are you being paid to, to promote these right. destinations or yeah. places or things um, or, is it, or is it sort of just your own perception of liking or your own you just personally like it so um, it, it's definitely definitely come a little bit as you said very mainstream and, yeah. uh, but we're very 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 close in terms of assessing what we're getting for the, the outcomes and we set very specific expectations and results that we want to see not so much in terms of a, uh, a 
particular goal of, hey, you must get X number of views or we want this much engagement um, as a particular result. That is in there in terms of what we think we would see from what the great content they've done before, um, but also more so of integration and working with others within the broader uh, uh, the broader campaigns that we run so that they're not just an independent, isolated activity. Right. Uh, we really want to see what they can do. And we've made great headway in, in connecting influencers who, who are now integrated in as a contributing uh, freelance voice inside of larger publications who have even more eyeballs than they do or vice versa. So we've had great success in bringing traditional media brands together with influencers who collaborate and, and bring together a solution for us. And is it difficult to get them to reinforce, I guess, the messages or stay um, to kind of the brand that you, yeah, you're trying to create? And we're, you have to be, I think you have to be considered to have some flexibility there uh, and appreciate they know their audience. Uh, they have their own independent voice and in how they position their brand uh, and, and how they present themselves. I think with a clear or a clear brief, clear understanding of and discussing that through, uh, and let the magic of the creativity work. Uh, mm-hmm. But knowing you've got the, as you said, sort of the the last sort of right right of refusal before something goes up to say if it was off or not, uh, brand. But no, not not if you if you understand your destination or your product mm-hmm. or your service and experience, um, and a good forthright transparent discussion occurs in advance uh, and you, you you let them do the work that they do and the creativity they can bring through. Uh, we've been very fortunate. And, you know, what we found, as I said, in that German uh, uh, campaign experience three and a half, four years ago was something that I, I you know, it was... Uh, it brought to light and an appreciation, understanding how they themselves, uh, these influencers, knew how to best connect with their audience. That I think if we produce that, going to those same places, yeah. even put them on camera and have them do a few things without, but limiting the freedom of how they wanted to present themselves and what they wanted to say, uh, and probably asking them to stay on script, it wouldn't have been nearly as authentic. Has that been hard for people to do to kind of um, make that transition from the control of this is the mm. message we're going to send to now? Well, yeah. you know, yeah, I would say in our you've been doing it for a long time. Yeah. We've been doing it for a long time, um, and I think we trust, uh, you know, or a sense of trust gets built up uh, in in sort of having the runway of experience we've had, Mm -hmm. uh, that the results we've also seen um, in terms of what we've we've generated for engagement and, and ability to move audiences closer to the cash register we don't own we don't sell anything directly in terms of a purchase purchasable uh product or experience directly from destination canada it's through our partners uh that we've seen seen the results prove themselves and so um no i think it's i think it's a you know we knew that we were not going to be able to sit on the mountaintop and espouse what does you know what the destination of canada was all about that we were going to have to find a way to manage and and collaborate with others who have very strong voices so was it hard at first a little bit And, and some other some of our partners are are coming into this world now a little bit more than they were in the past. Uh, I can't speak on their behalf, but I, I know in our, our case, uh, we, we recognize that uh, we can't interfere too much, but we should certainly appreciate uh, where things are going. And, yeah. I guess. So it, it was, wasn't bad, but it was, I think, you know, that we, uh, I don't know what it would be another analogy in the business, but, and nor did we really struggle as it's been an evolving case where we, you know, would we have, gotten out of control of desire on an, uh, as a production outcome of in television or print and then over to digital or something. I can't draw maybe another analogy, but it wasn't too bad though. Is is the the um the the program that you did last year? I think it was last year, far and wide. Mm-hmm. With is that similar sort of approach? That uh, yeah, that was. Uh, it's, uh, thank you for asking that one. Th- this was one of, one of the initiatives with which we, uh, in support of Canada's 150th anniversary, uh, and in support of uh, what was going on within the federal government and all the departments' cultural and heritage 
heritage uh, in recognition of this uh, celebration. We contributed to that through a uh, program that we, again, targeting Canadian millennials who had a uh, uh, historic and still maybe do, and we've tried to change that, and some of our research suggested we have, uh, you know, view that traveling outside of Canada was more attractive and romantic or exciting than staying in the country for, for a vacation. And so we knew as, and we heard in our research, if the government of Canada was to tell Canadians stay and travel and stay close to home, it was not going to be a message well received, <laughs> uh, arguably, or feeling like, why is the government telling me where to travel? Mm-hmm. And so um, uh, uh, our opportunity was to find a publisher, media broadcast partner across the country who had an authentic connection to that audience. And in working with Bell Media and their Much Music brand and their stable of other brands uh, where we were able to distribute content through, but primarily through the Much Music brand, who had a lot uh, a current still engagement uh, with, with that audience segment. We worked with them in a publishing capacity where, along with our partners, including here at Tourism Saskatchewan and Tourism Saskatoon, to create through a, uh, uh, a collaboration with influencers uh, whom, whom this audience are millennial, tra- millennial Canadians were already engaging through mm-hmm. the arts, music, uh, uh, food, and you know, culinary side, uh, had, had strong own independent uh, followers within their respective sports athletes uh, and the like that uh, we really put those individuals in the places to experience them and essentially brought two, two people together to experience and travel who might have had some connection in the past or maybe meeting for the first time but more often not had a connection together in some way through their sport, through their, uh, through their uh, uh, career in some capacity, sending them around the, around the country uh, including as I said Saskatoon and Southern Saskatchewan where really again with, with where we had the but that was a bit more, little bit more controlled. We, we really through Bell and their and their new digital studio, we really were producers. Or they were the producers. Bell that was with us, giving and collaborating with the destinations. Where should these itineraries okay. really what, take? Yeah, folks? What should they do when they? It was here? our cameras on the scene. They had you know the influencers had their own phones and devices, but it was really us filming and doing a lot of that and capturing. Well, the production a lot of values are outstanding. On very yeah. outstanding. The team the team did really well, and, yeah. and we learned a lot in terms of uh, what was as well from from what and how we told that story to Canadians versus maybe someone mm-hmm. international. You can go to the same place, but what you say and how you do it yeah. might have a very different appeal to how a Canadian who might have some degree of familiarity or maybe almost the convincing of the allure of Canada was almost a higher bar for us in Canada than it was internationally yeah. as, uh, as we certainly found that people uh, that age range were uh, just simply unfamiliar and were blown away once they knew the, the diversity of what was to offer and so that running, that running over a full year um, with, the, with Bell and the Much Music brand uh, was a testament to you know again multi-format long, uh, long run series uh, running 26 episodes uh, over the course, of, I think it was about twenty six over the course of that year, uh, alongside with integrated other content or other integrated media mm-hmm. exposure on which through the Bell Network, through radio, uh, uh, television, uh, and the like, was was something that we were very proud of what we what we achieved for the country and, and having Canadians and millennials stay home uh, closer to home for at least uh, a few more trips during uh, during the next few years. And do you find when you have these now these uh, Anna, you probably put that in the contract, but uh, it's when you have created these things, are yeah. they assets that are sticking around and, and oh, getting... Yeah, absolutely. And, and to your, yeah, exactly. So very important for brands and organizations in discussions of, of who has the rights usage to the content and inclusive of what we had done with with Bell and, and great, great group to work with is that uh, we had the opportunity so long as we took that content, if we could take that content, we didn't work with another similar like organization, mm-hmm. start distributing through another multi-branded uh, media network. Uh, 
and for us it was well that wasn't going to happen in Canada because we had great great collaboration but we did take that content and moved it into seven other markets around the world uh, where we felt it all, all oh, attracting and the it same, still worked still yeah. worked yeah. not maybe done with the same robustness not over a year it was done in shorter span periods yeah. of time but that content still sits on the shelf today and is still highly engaged and great content is transportable yeah. um, and the only barrier might be is the uh, language barrier at the end of the day and what we found uh, isn't even some of our markets where the translation of the content through subtitles and the like uh, wasn't something that ultimately uh, was too challenging and some markets wasn't even expected so uh, content that was deemed or focused in on the Canadian market actually then got trans- transferred over to the United States Korea Japan France Germany oh gosh I'm drawing maybe another blank Australia and so uh, it's a, it's engagement was, was some of the strongest uh, and so it just it just shows you great content transformed transport yeah. over borders and it happens today on the web and the internet for, for, for sure. all, all purposes yeah. for that matter so and that uh, you know that content will still sit you know sit in its right environments and important to us is you know as I was telling at the conference yesterday that we often look at our own work and other brands and businesses will do and you sort of get tired seeing your stuff but yes. you've got to appreciate yeah. that others aren't seeing it yeah. as much as you are they're not living it and touching your brand and your business as often as you are living and breathing it every yeah. day so appreciate where great content can be reformatted reproduced uh, moved into another channel tried at a different time to a different audience well another neat thing and i find it's also almost with an agency working with a client but this is completely different and the same is that you have that view from the outside when you have these people coming in yes like you're saying they're they're seeing things that you wouldn't necessarily have yeah. thought of and yes and uh, those that that viewpoint is is really helpful to, to connect with that. It, audience. it really is. I think it's refreshing, and uh, you know, it's good to be challenged. And if you're open to yeah. uh, being challenged in a positive yeah. way uh, towards what we're trying to achieve mutually, uh, where they where they're building their business, and we mutually are building demand and ultimately the yeah. uh, economy for for Canada's tourism industry. It's a win-win, uh, but you do have to open and you know, keep your eyes open and your ears open to uh, listen and, and really listen and, and, and really appreciate. But at the same time, we've been—I think—we've been, I think we've been a, a client that has been um, equally so challenging on the other side. Meaning that we're not simply just going to hand over and, and write a check and say, "Go have fun and right. let's make yeah. it happen." You know, yeah. hope it works out for all of us. Uh, it's some really solid discussion on again the results and the expectations well, you mentioned even a brief and yes. just making sure that very very yeah, very clear on that and um uh and 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 that discussion around whether the one can and or a brand to a publisher or to an influencer is going to be able to deliver yeah. um against that and that, let's be very clear on that well as i figured uh 30 minutes talking to you went by extremely oh, fast goodness. all right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so my last uh, question or my last i guess to, just to wrap up um you've been marketing canada for a while now yes. Uh, lessons learned. What's the biggest lesson you've learned um, in marketing? Or in, yes, in, yeah. No, <laughs> well, I, I think uh, I'll speak to two lessons. One, one in terms of what uh, has been an absolute uh, uh, honor and pleasure for for marketing the country is a country as so vast, but an industry so tightly woven together that competing as Team Canada isn't just Destination Canada. It is really the collaboration and the willingness of partners who reside 4,000 kilometers away in this country, both from a north to a south to east to west, uh, come to the table, uh, take their hats off and say, what's right for the country will be right for our destination. And the means with which we've collaborated as an industry is probably world first that we've, we, you know, maybe at a scale of a size of a country of ours that other brands such as Facebook and Google and others recognize uh, across the globe that, or the, in the markets we work with, that they don't see this happening across the globe. And so I'm very proud of that fact that here in tour, with Tourism 
Saskatchewan and other partners that coming together like that is something that's going to win. It's a, it's a winning formula for us and keeping an eye on, and a focus of mutually what we're trying to achieve over the next five years for us to compete in a very competitive world. Uh, so I'm very proud. And that, that, that's insightful. Uh, or sorry, that was very uh, enlightening, sorry, in terms of what uh, we've seen, that, that interest and the Canadian way of just we've got to work together, not, not work separately. Mm-hmm. Uh, secondarily, I think the, you know, the, the passion for this country in the eyes and the hearts and the minds of travelers uh, in other markets and the I've never in the 11 markets I've gone to and, and, and consistently in these markets never hear uh, maybe been fortunate in this regard as a country from its history to the work we do but the positive view and the interest and the excitement and the sentiment about Canada uh, as a place in today's world uh, and even before was something that uh, you appreciate more when you're not here uh, on the soil and, and around it when mm-hmm. people tell you about either a past experience and, and, the, and the pride you take when people refer to and speak to such positivity of the people we have, the place, uh, the environment that we create these experiences in the unspoiled uh, areas of the country and the urban and dynamic cities that are growing up uh, and becoming a force respectively uh, across across the uh, the country for for the globe uh, just the, the pride you you feel um, in that regard so it's it's that, that that's been something you you know when you're not uh, when you're marketing a destination and a product that we are um, and a uh, sort of desire to travel here and that ethereal sort of notion of what Canada means from a tourism standpoint uh, and you're in the country it's a little bit different but when you're in these markets you really get a much better appreciation for it and uh, uh, it's unique in that regard so uh, that's that's been very, very, something I'm proud, proud to say. I've had that, this opportunity in my career to do yeah, this Yeah, no, a dream job for sure. Yeah, it yeah. really is, really is. Can I go over time just a little bit? Yeah, I'm going to ask you about your wheel too. I don't know if this is something you challenge <laughs> oh, everybody. Lunch roulette? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll tell question you about that. roulette or something I was looking at. This is, uh, this is lunch roulette, so mm. um, oh, we, I see. Uh, that's we'll put better. a bunch of restaurants on the oh, roulette wheel. That's what, yes, I've seen that now. Okay, and, now I'm putting the connection um, together. A uh, restaurant everyone wants to go to. Everyone can put their favorite restaurant oh, on there. Oh, that's cool. But... But yes, roulette. There has to be one nobody wants to go to. Oh, nice! And we will not tell anyone and in Regina which, no, uh, which, uh, which restaurant is on that wheel in, in the unfortunate position. So you know, we'll have a theme. Whether it's, yeah. uh, um, I think this was uh, windowless restaurants. Oh uh, yes, that's but we'll true. have decks or we'll have other things and and uh, you oh, know maybe by cuisine. But there, you have to add office. that. Uh, you have to add that wild card in there. Yeah. And uh, the first three times we did this, we hit our worst restaurant. And it was painful. Three in a row. Three in a row. It's a yeah. red wheel. <laughs> it's <laughs> almost uh, got to go there were, the, there uh, were questions uh, Price of right wheel yeah, there instead right. or something. Yeah. A little more chance. Yeah. So wow. that's that's lunch. That's what there we you do go. for you're our not, You're not sitting there with a magnet stopping the wheel yeah. there. Good stuff. What I wanted to ask you about, and I apologize for not bringing this up sooner because I was really interested in this at the conference, and that is. Um, uh, the growth or the development of indigenous tourism in Canada. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. That has been a, a significant focus for us um, and something that we recognize as a significant competitive advantage for Canada. The opportunity and the upside of uh, for Canada's both our uh, brand as well as the experiences offered to international travelers and Canadians, but it are the indigenous uh, experiences. In essence, that Canada's offering from coast to coast to coast on the indigenous uh, tourism side is just enormous. Um, what we have in terms of our history of the, of the First Nations people uh, and, and the ability for us to work with them to tell the story of the land, the people, 
the heritage and the origin of how Canada became and what was then the ways of the people off this land uh, can still be experienced today uh, through storytelling, through adventure travel, uh, through the cuisine uh, mm-hmm. is something we take with great pride and something that we've been able to and from a point of differentiation of a destination that is as we've seen both in, in particular in New Zealand uh, in other Hawaii and other parts of the world have uh, have an intimate connection and tie either deliberately promoted and built on by that destination or by uh, recognition that it's to its advantage and uh, has, has now been identified globally as, as core to their brand. And we want to be there. And we think in working with the Indigenous Asso- Tourism Association of Canada, uh, with Keith Henry and his group, is has been an absolute pleasure over the last few years. And really something we've invested in behind, our federal government is, is, is in behind multiple initiatives across the, uh, across the board uh, within Ottawa and across the country. Uh, around working closely with the Indigenous communities and, and First Nations people. And for us, it is really about economic uh, prosperity, uh, told in an authentic way uh, to bring a true perspective on what Canada has to offer. And so great work is being done by Keith and his organization, and we've been collaborating with them over the years now to really present and tell that story uh, from, a, from a traveler's perspective. What am I going to see? What can I do? Why, what is this? Is a question yeah. people often, who are the, you know, what is, oh, I didn't know you had First Nations uh, well, uh, developing people. even products or product or, absolutely yeah. a big part of Keith's uh, Keith's focus in terms of really getting international red product ready readiness and uh, uh, really uh, again across the. Uh, uh, country finding those pockets and opportunities that I know they're working. You're starting to work more closely even here in tour- with Tourism Saskatchewan mm-hmm. and the industry here uh, to uh, capitalize on, on this opportunity. It's one of those so, jewels we have that you, you know, you talk about the view from the outside that yes. you sort of don't even realize you have. I remember my family came uh, from Vancouver to visit and I don't know why, but we went to a powwow out, uh, yep. near Fort Capel. Yeah. And yeah, I've been what, a, what an amazing experience. It, it really was. is. It yeah. really very, very uh, impactful. Yeah, mm-hmm. just impactful both uh, it just hits you home in terms of the uh, appreciation and fun like yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah it, it definitely yeah, absolutely um, it's good times good spirits it, it's something that uh, we're, we're extremely proud of mm-hmm. and uh, significant upside you know and we've learned a lot through the research in markets uh, where there is either an unknown perspective on what indigenous or aboriginal first nations uh, tourism could be um, to just complete don't even know anything about it or I have my views uh uh, bias or whatever they might be that we have uh, we we think the way we can position it uh, and in that authentic voice and working with the communities and the uh, operators uh, is something that we've seen um, one of our most uh, engaged pieces of content in our first year going back into the U.S. three years ago uh, with Afar, a, a U.S. publisher, uh, was the uh, a piece that we did talking about the spirit bear, which is the white uh, oh, okay. bino bear that uh, you see can happen in, mm-hmm. in nature. Um, but the importance of that symbol to the Aboriginal people in northern B.C., um, was a story that needed to be told, and we told it through the eyes of a, a local operator who, who really, for the last uh, get, get Spirit Adventures, who had uh, really studied the animals and understood the bears uh, and could take them into the, the region, uh, visitors that is, uh, and observe and appreciate. Uh, but it's through storytelling and an understanding of mm-hmm. why and what was the, the land and what the symbolism of the bear was and what it what it means and the importance of uh, that not only enabling his business to thrive and succeed, but appreciating how to take care of that and, and not to let that uh, be uh, abused in any way um, and allowing the bear still the freedom and the exploration, but doing it in a way that some of the 
most amazing footage and the story you oh, hear. Yeah, I bet. Uh, because the story of that is not just coming for the tourism experience. It is, in essence, a reflective of, uh, again, building prosperity for the communities and being able to tell the story of who they are. And, and that storytelling is so vital to our success and what people also go out and seek mm-hmm. uh, when they want. They, they want that immersion. And you asked me earlier on, what is the, what are people seeking when they come to Canada? That cultural immersion and experience and learning, be it through taste, sell, smell, sight, or sound, mm-hmm. and through that story. Uh, and what uh, we can we know we can do is uh, on the upside for Aboriginal Indigenous is, is going to be incredible for us. And so we have more engagement from the communities. Uh, we have more more prominent focus in what we do on marketing in our markets uh, with, uh, with the yeah. Indigenous. And we see it as an absolute advantage that we can accelerate well past our competitors as New Zealand or Hawaii. We don't compete with Hawaii too much, but uh, New Zealand and other markets, Australia for, yeah. for, uh, for that matter. That, oh, uh, there's so much there. We, we can do a lot there. Yeah, so much to be proud of. And, mm-hmm. um, and I'm looking forward. I heard there's an Indigenous uh, travel uh, or an travel convention tourism yes, the, convention yeah an international uh, international event that uh, uh, has been going on I think now sixth or seventh year that uh, Keith and the team at uh, ITAC uh, put on it'll be in Saskatoon uh, at the end of Oh God, I think it's the October, end of October, yeah. I believe. Yeah. And uh, it's it's fa- it's fantastic. It's now, it'll be forecast about 650 attendees, uh, many First Nation communities and operators from across the country, but also internationally. Yeah. Uh, bringing, bringing the voices and the views and best practices and, uh, uh, and the like into this event, uh, which we partner very closely with them to really showcase to those who are maybe thinking about getting into the tourism mm-hmm. economy or tourism industry uh, uh, who uh, have the opportunity uh, to look at this as an economic driver for their community to those who are already really succeeding and showcasing how they've done it and what they need to do uh, it's you know I'm sure it has uh, you know it'll have discussion on policy and perspective on how how uh, all, all elements and forms of government and, and operators work together uh, but it's, it's, it's conti- consistently grown in one of the premier uh, indigenous tourism uh, Events of the year, so I think highly, highly encouraged to uh, oh, yeah. take a look we, at it. We should will be up definitely on the, be there. Uh, ITAC's website. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be going to be a great event. Excellent. Well, thank you again, John. And, thank you. Uh, I really appreciate the time and learned a lot. So thanks for thanks for taking the time. Today. Thanks for having me. And that's the show for this week. Thank you so much for listening. You can subscribe to Lessons Learned in Marketing on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Music is from Six Degrees in Calgary. See you next week.